This is Sports Talk with Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody. It is Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, Thursday night edition. Of course, big Thursday here in South Carolina. Great to have you with us. Phil Cornblue, Pat Daniel from here in Columbia at our flagship station, The Point Radio. Exciting times around here. I mean, this doesn't really impact you, but kudos to uh, our main man, Kev Cohen, because... He's what now, nine years into his endeavor with the Point Radio and been working in a, uh, shall we say, some tight quarters. But Monday, we move into a brand new studio here at Glory Communications in downtown Columbia. We are all pumped, jacked, excited about that. Can't wait to get in there and uh, major step up for everybody involved. And congratulations to Kev for getting that done. So we're looking forward to that. On Monday, uh, tonight, hopefully, fingers crossed, we will have the Harbors with us around 740. Azuka and his son, Nick, they had hoped to be with us last night, had to postpone because Nick had to go have his senior portrait pictures done at the same time we had scheduled. So he regretted having to postpone. All goes well tonight. We'll have him at about 740 because he said Nick gets home about 730. So hopefully pull that off for you tonight. Mike Morgan at 7.05 to share his insights on things happening in these parts in the sports world. Right now in the opening hour, let's open it up for your phone calls. Those of you who are with us over the air on our stations that have us, or if you're watching us on one of our streams, give us a call, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. So, I want to dive into Dabo Sweeney and his comments from yesterday. We didn't have a chance to talk about it last night because we were so tied up with National Signing Day, obviously. That was first and foremost. But we played his comments on the show last night. And uh, the comments about the Clemson fans in particular, I'm sure that raised eyebrows and uh, caught the attention of Clemson fans who were paying attention. The things that he said, in talking about uh, basically his feeling that, and he didn't call it a small group, he called it a large group, being somewhat spoiled by the success that he's had at Clemson over the last decade plus and how they need to appreciate what they have accomplished as a football team. They should appreciate the wins, the championships, the national and the ACC and the state championships but I get the feeling that he doesn't feel the love you know I don't know what kind of love he actually needs to feel but I get the feeling he's not feeling the kind of love the kind of respect that he thinks he personally and his program in general should be getting from the fans he cited the comparison of when the Tigers returned from the 2011 ACC championship game with a victory And he said 5,000 fans were there to greet the bus. And he said when they returned 
this December from Charlotte with another ACC championship victory. Zero fans were there to greet the bus. Now, I don't know how much of an exaggeration that is both ways, but that is what he said. And so what I'm thinking about here and what I'm sharing with you is, is Dabo sort of, is it because he's in his mid-50s now and he's sort of at that age where things get under your skin very, very easily and you don't tolerate things quite as much and you don't just smile things away like you used to when you're in your 30s and your 40s. And, of course, when he took over at Clemson as a young pup, everything was new and fresh and exciting to him and every accolade was wonderful there wasn't a whole lot of uh, criticism early on. There was some, of course, as things uh, went up and down there for a few years. But the bigger question is, where does a coach step across that line he should not step across when it comes to talking about his fan base? Whether it's a college coach, a pro coach, or a high school coach. When do you go too far? Has he gone too far this time? Because it was a, was it a tirade? Would you call it a tirade yesterday? Was it a sermon? Was it a, was it a finger in your, in your eyes kind of waggling the finger back and forth? Uh, wagging, wagging the finger back and forth. Um, it's, it seemed like here's Dabo at the top of the hill and everybody else is at the bottom. And he's sort of looking down at him, and he's like, how dare you not in mass appreciate what we have done? And I don't know. How far do you go? How far do you push the envelope if you're a head coach? No matter how much winning you do, and of course winning is the cure-all. We get that. But when do you push, your, when do you push it too far? When do you put yourself in that corner where now people look for you to fail so they can fire back. Um, and in Clemson's case, because they've been so successful and they've won so much and the expectations are so high for the fan base, all it takes is one or two losses a year and not making the playoffs as the playoffs are currently structured to hear that to hear that uh, feedback from the fans to get that uh, that negativity coming back at you. So was he inbounds or out of bounds with what he had to say yesterday about the Clemson fans? Should he have said it? Should he have bitten his tongue? Um, and how do you think the Clemson fan base in general feels about him after that? Do you think they were bothered as a group? Do you think it's like, oh, that's just Dabo being Dabo, go win – 12 this year and with your new offense and your air raid and your your quarterback and all that and everything will be fine or again stub the toe a couple of times fall short of an ACC championship and you know I mean look he's well past the honeymoon stage at Clemson honeymoons are you know Beamer is still in the honeymoon stage at South Carolina um uh, but but Sweeney is in that middle part of the marriage that either you know continues in a loving fashion or heads for divorce. And uh, do you get the feeling that Dabo that Sweeney is tiring of Clemson in some ways? 
These are things I was thinking about after listening to that as we welcome Chris Bergen in from Louisiana, Monroe, Louisiana, where Coastal Carolina is going to do battle tonight. You heard what he had to say. What were your thoughts? Well, first off, good evening, guys. And secondly, you can never win a battle with your fan base. Dabo knows better. Dabo's resume speaks for itself. He doesn't need to go out. This is like he's going back to year three and trying to explain why they're not winning, but what they've done slowly making progress. That resume of his doesn't need any defense, and you cannot ever, as a head coach, listen to me, ever win a battle with your fans. And as you were going through laying that out, Phil, I kept thinking back to a discussion you talked about with a friend of yours with regards to NIL, and they talked about how the fans now own the program. What what in the world is Dabo thinking if you're going to also, in turn, turn around and ask the fans, don't forget to support IPTA. We need you at the games. Also, by the way, let's make sure our NIL money is coming in to be able to support our athletes. Where are they going to get all this money? From his fan base. You can never win a battle. I, it, it never ceases to amaze me when coaches try and complain about their fans. These people pay their hard-earned money and their time. It's one thing Frank Martin always talked about. There are only a certain amount of things that fans can do. They can give their support, they can give their money, and they can give their time, which is the most valuable commodity any of us have. You can't criticize them for anything that they are doing within bounds. And he talked about how the expectations have been changed. That's a good thing, I would think. Every coach wants expectations from a losing program changed to a winning program and then to an elite program. And let's face it, there's there's no way around this. Clemson has taken a step back the last couple of seasons. They may step back into elite status this coming year. We don't know. But the one thing you cannot do is do it without the fans on your side. And I, I just think, to answer your question bluntly, he was out of bounds. There's no reason for that yesterday. And I, I just don't understand where he's coming from to try and criticize his fans for not showing up after they won another ACC championship. That's expected now, Clemson. That's not a surprise. It's expected. So, agree with what both of you guys are saying. I want to point out a couple things. First of all, pose a question to you guys. I couldn't help, and I may be way off base with this, but I could not help thinking while listening to Dabo, does this sound like a coach that is a little bit burnt out? Does this sound like a coach that perhaps is maybe a little bit closer to the end of his tenure at Clemson than the beginning? And what I mean by that is if finding joy along the way, not to take that phrase from from just Gamer, but Dabo has said similar things. But he used things. it, yeah. Yeah, uh, is, is if, if, if he is no longer feeling the joy at Clemson or from Clemson fans, and I don't say this to panic Clemson fans, but – Hypothetically, could we see him go somewhere else and maybe try to build another program up and win somewhere else and have that joy along the way? If he no longer feels appreciated, it just kind of, to me, almost came across as a coach that is over it, and he almost may want a new challenge somewhere else. Am I off base there? No, that's what I suggested in my my comments, that that maybe he's hitting a point where the appreciation or what he perceives as a lack of appreciation a level for him is getting too low and he is getting kind of tired, kind of burned out. Look, shelf life of a coach normally is about you get seven, eight years at one place. You've done really, really well. You know, Frank Martin was 10, what, 10 years at South Carolina basketball. Spurrier was about 10 years, which was longer than he expected to coach at South Carolina. Um, uh, Clemson, for the most part, Clemson's had a history of long runs with their football coaches going back to, say, Frank Howard. I mean, there were some exceptions. Frank Howard had a long run. Red Parker did not. 
Uh, Charlie Pell did not on his own on his own decision. Danny Ford had a long run. Um, Tommy West, Ken Hatfield did not. And Tommy Bowden had a moderately long run, and now Sweeney's into a a long run. So, um, but again, after about eight or nine years, you've heard this all the time from people. You know, coaches get tired of kind of where they are in some cases, and fan bases get tired of the of the coaches. Now they want to freshening up in some way. Not at all suggesting that it, that that's the case here, but. I'm just going by what I heard from Sweeney yesterday. Nobody made him. In fact, you know, he said it twice in the morning yesterday, like they do on signing day. They had every coach come in for their video stream uh, live interviews. And, of course, he did a, a bit on there. And it was during that morning session that he first brought it up. And then he was asked about it again in the press conference in the afternoon. And he doubled down on it. And, I mean, listen. This is what he's saying. Nobody is making him say this. I can't help but wonder when I hear that kind of stuff. And I can't help but wonder what the rank-and-file Clemson fan might feel when they hear that kind of stuff. Is it like, how much do you want us to give? Okay, we're given to IPTE. We're giving to collectives. We're paying exorbitant ticket prices. We're traveling in mass to Charlotte. We traveled in mass to Miami. We were the best traveling team in the ACC for road trips. What more do you want? We, we, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm afraid Dabo might live in a cocoon out on Lake Kiowee, wherever his mansion is, because he doesn't do social media. I don't think he understands that, you know, people today, they express their feelings very quickly, very openly, and very um, n- nastily at times. Um, you know, it's the old heat in the kitchen sort of thing. And he should know better that uh, you have to take that heat in the kitchen when it's not going well or when something doesn't go well and understand that that's human nature now more so than ever before in his business or, for that matter, any line of work. I mean, you can be a painter, not do a good job, and somebody's going to go on some message board somewhere and rip you to pieces and say, never hire this guy, you know, because he didn't get the line straight. Um, (laughs) But Dabo's – I mean, he doesn't do Twitter – I don't think he does any kind of social media at all, which makes him kind of a dinosaur in this day and age. And, I, you know, maybe he's not aware of what the rest of the world is talking about in every other case of college football in the country. I mean, there's not a coach in the country immune to criticism from their fan base. No. Nick Saban gets plenty of it from probably the greatest program ever compiled here the last 30 years, and his fan base criticizes him hmm. for not making the playoffs. It comes with a job. And Dabo may not be on social media, Phil, but I can't believe there's not somebody in there in their office with all the assistants and analysts and, you know, you run the gamut of the employees just for football alone that does not keep him aware as to what's going on. So maybe he got wind that there were some fans that were upset and he felt like this was the appropriate time. But I'll go back to my original statement, and I stand on this. Coaches can never win a battle with their fan base. The fans are going to be around a lot longer than you are. They were before you were there. They're going to be there after you leave. It's just that's the one group you can't pick a fight with and hope to win. And, guys, uh, just to make one more point here, because, Phil, you did mention you're curious how the average Clemson fan is reacting to all this. I mm-hmm. spoke to about a dozen friends that all went to Clemson in the last 24 hours. Over about, this? About this? About this exact topic. In a big group chat with a huh. bunch of friends in fantasy football, every single one of which went to Clemson. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll pose this question. I was genuinely curious if they'd seen it and, and if they had, what their thoughts were. 
What I heard over and over and over was something that admittedly I have referenced on this show as well and admittedly did not fully maybe understand when I was saying it, but the phrase best is the standard. You can see slapped across every the indoor facility, the new football complex, all the coaches' offices. Uh, best is the standard is something that Dabo Sweeney brought to that football program. And it, again, admittedly, I have even said it's a bit confusing because I think a lot of Clemson fans are taking that as best is the standard. Okay, well then it's championship or bust, right? Mm-hmm. If it's either if you're giving us best as the standard, then that's what they expect year in and year out. But I found an article from 2020 where Dabo Sweeney was asked this exact question, and he went into much more detail. I couldn't find the audio, but I have the quotes here, if you'll bear with me one second. Mm -hmm. Quote, sometimes people may take that the wrong way. You don't see win national championships up there. That's not our goal. Our goal is to be the best we can be. We want to be our best. Whatever God gave you, be the best you can possibly be. That applies in every area, whether it's the best coach you can be, the best player, whatever. If you're a walk-on Commit to be the best you can be. You probably won't be a starter, but be the best you can be with what God gave you, and you can live with whatever the results are. When you're trying to be the best, that's comparing yourself to other people. We want to be the best Clemson can be. It's effort, preparation, work ethic, attitude, all the things that you can control and relevant to you being your best. It's sleep, nutrition, what you can do when no one is watching. And that's the crux of it. And again, admittedly, I don't think I made that connection. When I thought best is the standard, I took it as, okay, So that means championship or bust. And again, a lot of these Clemson fans I spoke to had the exact same thought process. And that's why some of them have even said they don't go out to greet the team when they get back to the airport, whether it's at GSP or they land more local, is because they if they lost, they're not going to go out there and celebrate with the team because they did not meet that standard that was the best in their eyes. Mm -hmm. So just giving a little perspective from the fan base, there may be a slight disconnect there with the phrase best is the standard and its meaning. Interesting. Interesting. Glad you brought that up. Our phone number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number uh, here on Sports Talk. We'll get to your phone calls here in just a moment. Uh, Something else to uh, touch on. (laughs) That's the first time I've ever done this. So today, Brevin Galloway, the Clemson guard, who's had a little bit of a, shall we say, problem down under, (laughs) <laughs> but it's doing okay. It's doing okay. Well, he announced today that he has signed an NIL deal. He has signed an NIL deal with an underwear company. He's genius. He's genius. Called Shinesty. Men's underwear brand Shinesty. Today signed a deal with Clemson basketball player Brevin Galloway, who recently uh, had uh, surgery down under, and uh, he was he was he did videos of it, not of it of the surgery, but he did videos of himself and kind of explained what was going on. And so, in the release, it said that this money would go towards uh, paying off his deductible for the medical work, and so. I responded to the tweet by saying, well, shouldn't Clemson be paying the, all the medical in a case like this? He was injured as a Clemson basketball player on scholarship. Shouldn't they be covering any and all medical expenses? And Brevin responded to that tweet. Then he responded by saying, quote, oh, yes, 
That's why it's lit, because it all goes towards me. <laughs> and then he put in four emojis of the smiling face with the tongue hanging Tears. out with the dollar sign on the tongue. I guess that's the dollar sign nice. on the tongue. All right. Yeah. Are those emojis? What are those called? Emojis. Yes, you did very well. Yeah, I'm getting there. Not, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting I'm there. I'm impressed. So then <laughs> I wrote him back, and he hasn't responded, but I said, that's cool. And I said, how's everything feeling? Are you playing Saturday? <laughs> and he hasn't responded to that. But you know how he got my that first NIL Twitter deal? interview. Go ahead. <laughs> you know how he got that NIL deal? Because he had a sense of humor about himself. Yeah. And I think a lot of athletes could learn something from Brevin Galloway. He took what was a, uh, especially for a male, a very horrible situation. And fortunately, it's not worse than it evidently is. And he made fun of himself. He made light of it, knew his teammates would probably give him grief once they found out he was okay in the locker room. So why not jump out in front of all this and, oh, by the way, I might be able to make some money on the side. I think he's handled it perfectly. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. I really do. Speaking of NIL stuff and endorsements and stuff like that, I was on Instagram today just just nosing around, and up popped a Under Armour commercial with G.G. Jackson in it. Yeah. It's about a 15, 20-second video of G.G. Jackson with some music and showing him walking and showing him on a basketball court. And somebody was kind of doing like a little play-by-play or something in the background. It wasn't the USC announcer. But 15, 20 seconds or so. So I guess that's what you get with your NIL, and I guess he gets paid from Under Armour for doing that video, and I guess they think that's going to sell product for them. I guess that's how the world turns when it comes to NIL and these college kids now. And now, Phil, do you think University of South Carolina was involved directly because of their sponsorship with Under Armour? Would he have gotten that that NIL deal if South Carolina was not a school represented by Under Armour? And where where I'm going with that is that seems like a recruiting tool right there, no? Well, you know, the rule is that you can't advertise a product that goes against something the university this just isn't south carolina from what i understand it's others that you can't do a deal with a product that the university already has a contract with so they're under armor so i don't think any of their athletes can go do nike commercials or reebok or any any competing apparel and footwear companies i don't think they can do that as a nil deal so like the michael jordan and the olympics dream team whole thing Exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And what's even funnier about all this is today's the anniversary. I can't remember what year it was, but remember the commercial that Larry Bird and Michael Jordan did about, I'll shoot (laughs) you for the Big Mac? Well, today I saw a tweet. Today was the something anniversary of the shooting of that commercial. So that must have been about what? Maybe 20 years ago? 30 years ago? I bet 30. I think 30 years ago? I bet 30. That was yeah. such a great spot, and I'd be curious to see how many of retakes they actually had with those two guys. Some of that now I realize the one off the building across the street, bottom of the uh, bottom of the net, probably didn't occur. But just yeah. the ones that they actually filmed in the building, yeah. how many they had to retake, or with Larry Bird shooting, he may have made all of his. Absolutely, that was a great commercial. And you know, you look at those guys and you go, man, they were so young back then and in their prime, and how great they were. And I'd buy. I'd buy from those guys, you know, because they'd proven themselves. I'd certainly buy from those guys. Okay, uh, Chris is with us for how long are you with us tonight? I'll be up until almost uh, 
6.45 or so, maybe 7. Okay. We don't, uh, t- we don't tip off until uh, 7.30, and I go on the air at 7.15 tonight. So okay. I've got some time to sit back and watch the guys warm up here on the floor. All right. We're going to take some calls coming up. Uh, tonight, we got Charleston playing up at Drexel, looking to bounce back from its loss the other day. VMI is at the Citadel. Of course, Coastal's playing at Monroe. And you've got the Kentucky women playing at South Carolina tonight. That'll tip at 7 o'clock. And the Miami women will play at Clemson tonight, and that will tip at 8 o'clock. And for those of you listening to us here in Columbia on The Point, that's right, Clemson women's basketball is right here on The Point right after Sports Talk. So you can go right from us to exciting Clemson women's basketball. They're actually not having a terrible year. They're 13-10 and 10 overall, and in the ACC, they are 4-7. and seven. So not great. Not enough to draw our real attention yet. You got to get the kind of where the USC women are to get our attention when it comes to women's basketball. We'll be back to get to your calls in a moment. All right, a couple of quick notes, and we'll get to your phone calls. First of all, we got two big recruiting announcements tomorrow. Mazio Bennett, wide receiver, Greenville High at noon. Gamecock target, quarterback Walker White out of Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas. Clemson target announcing at 3.30 Eastern time, 3.10. 3.10 Eastern time. I have to double-check that, but it is tomorrow. So we got those two things coming down tomorrow. Also, did you notice – Last night, I missed this. It came in right after we went off the air. So South Carolina put out a series of tweets highlighting the states from where their players all came from in this recruiting class, okay? I saw the tweet, but I just sort of glanced at it, didn't look at it really close. And the one that had the Georgia recruits included a player named D'Angelo Gibbs. Now, Six years ago, that would have been huge. He was one of the top recruits in the country coming out of um, the state of Georgia as a defensive back wide receiver. And he signed with Georgia, stayed there two years, only played in five games over his two years, made 10 tackles, transferred to Tennessee to be a wide receiver for the 2019 season. Had to sit that out because of the still existing SEC sit-out rule. Did not play in 2020, the shortened 2020 or the COVID 2020 season for COVID reasons and also apparently academic reasons. Did not play in 2021 at Tennessee. Was still there. Entered the transfer portal, John, in May of 2022. Didn't play anywhere in 2022. And now is at South Carolina as a walk-on, but included in their list of players in the class. And who knows? Now, he's about – he's going to be drawing Social Security towards the end of his career at South Carolina. But, I mean, this could be a guy that you might find something here. He couldn't do it at Georgia. He couldn't do it at Tennessee. Maybe at South Carolina they'll they'll find that inner something and he'll be a baller for him. Uh, so we we shall see. But that's a late addition to the uh, South Carolina class or the group. Also, 
Looks like Alabama, according to reports from an Alabama website, turning its attention to Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Apparently, they reached out to Joe Moorhead, the former head coach at Mississippi State. He did not have the interest in the job. He's the head coach at Akron. That was reported by John Talty from AL.com, who would probably know what he's talking about. And so we'll see what happens there with that. Also, we've got the ACC preseason coaches baseball poll. And in your Atlantic division, you've got Louisville favored, followed by Wake Forest, NC State, Florida State, Clemson in fifth, Notre Dame, Boston College in your coastal. You got Miami, Virginia, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Duke, and Pitt. Pitt basketball beat North Carolina last night, didn't they? In Chapel Hill, didn't they? How about that? Crazy. And Florida beat Tennessee last night and beat them pretty soundly. That's wild. Absolutely wild. Didn't mention this last night. Should have. Couldn't get to it. The uh, former Gamecock great, Deuce Staley, who was the assistant head coach and running backs coach for the Lions, leaving to join Frank Reich's staff with the Panthers. How about that? Gets him closer to home. I heard Kevin. Kevin's a big Lions guy. Kevin and Fran Halloran, the money coach, this morning on their show talking about that. Apparently, uh, Deuce's mother is in um, not great health, so this allows him to get closer to home for that as well. So that's a win-win situation for all involved there. And one more in football coaching news. Doug Nussmeyer is a strong candidate for the uh, Miami OC job. And he's a former OC at Alabama and Florida and Michigan has NFL experience as well. Okay. Let's get to your phone calls. Appreciate you hanging on, being patient. Let's go to Andy in Columbia first up tonight here on Sports Talk. Andy, welcome in. How are you? Hey, Corn, Chris, and Pat. I'm well. I hope y'all are well. So far. Got a few things on my agenda. Number one, the um Gibbs kid you were talking I shouldn't call him a kid, the Gibbs man you were talking about. Hmm. How many years of eligibility does he have? Do you know is that going to take a, or is that going to take oh, an analytical um, account? I did not pass trigonometry. So look, I mean, he. Can, I'm not even sure if the five year rule exists anymore. Remember, you used to have a five year clock. Oh yeah, well, there's kids that are on six and seven years. That's I have no idea what exists anymore. I'm being quite honest with you. I have no idea. I'm not even sure the NCAA knows what it has anymore. But I mean, he came out of high school his first year. In the Georgia program was 2017, right? He was 17 and 18 at Georgia, transferred to Tennessee in 19, and was there 19, 20, and 21. And then Portal John in 20 in in May of 22 didn't play anywhere in the 22 season, and now he's at South Carolina. So I don't know if any of that's grad transfer factored in your extra COVID year factor in, your free transfer year factored in, I couldn't begin to tell you. I would think he got a red shirt somewhere, but where and how and what? And does it count that he played and he didn't play and he was on the team? And Boy, that's going to be pretty interesting to see. Okay, I know next time we have a session with Shane Beamer, and I kick myself because coaches always do this, Sweeney, Beamer, all of them, They'll answer your question if you ask the question. And so you've got to ask an 
all-encompassing question. Have you added anybody to your roster that you have not previously talked about, who has not previously been reported, who has joined your program in the last month that nobody else has talked about publicly at this period in time that you will be releasing at some point once we break up this press conference? Did you do that? That's what I'm going to do next time we have a press conference. He'd answer, shut up, Phil, let's move on. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of, while Chris is on the line, and we kind of talked about this earlier in the week when you weren't here, Chris, what do the young men that are on this basketball team class-wise? Are they Zooming class? How? I mean, you know, I brought up the point that NCAA complains about football takes away from these um, young men going to classes. Man, y'all have been everywhere traveling. And never going to classes. Well, I mean, is it Zoom? Is there tutors? What's going on with the classwork? Hmm. Chris, did Basketball you hear the team. question? Yeah, go I ahead. did. I did. I did. I heard what he said. And it's it's not just a basketball. Baseball has a similar situation. A lot of the classes now are Zoom available. They all bring their laptops on the road, do a lot of homework away from time, away from the school rather, and certainly understand the professors have to be willing to help them out too because uh, they go to them before they leave and say, look, I'm going to be out X, Y, Z days this week, X, Y, Z days next week. What homework's coming up? What exams? What do I need to prepare for? So, yeah, it's – it's a tremendous challenge for them anymore, but I think it's been helped somewhat, Phil, because of Phil and Andy both, because of the amount of Zoom classes now that say we didn't have 15 or 20 years ago. I think the internet has probably made it. This might be one positive to it, to, to the internet. It's made classes available a lot easier and a lot more readily accessible for student athletes on the road than it ever has before. Well, it might be one plus of COVID brought more Zooming. No, no question. So. Okay, my other couple of questions. Mr. Corn. Right, go quick. Had, go quick. You've had Mr. Kingston on, and you've had Mr. I can't pronounce his last name. Back, 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 back itch. Like back itch. I have a back itch. It's back itch. When are you going to have the national championship coach from South Carolina on interviewing him from North Greenville? Mr. Landon Powell. It's coming. We got a couple of more weeks of camp. It's coming. We're going to get with the coastal folks, the College of Charleston's, the North Greenville's, and all that. Yeah, we're getting get get this two weeks away. Two weeks from tomorrow, right? Two weeks from tomorrow. We got plenty of time. You know, I'm not rushing. Already counting what I'm going to take from you at the end of the season. So don't forget that bet. Which bet was this? That (laughs) USC will not be a Number one host seed team. Mm. That's right. Yeah, I feel good about that bet. I'm going to win that I bet. Too. Yeah, I feel great about. No, it. I feel good about my side of the bet. I feel great about my side. And we went double. Does this double or triple or nothing? Well, we were going double. You said you felt so good that you would go triple. So I'm good with that. And don't let Nick be too quick tonight on you. Keep him on there, and let's get some good information from Mr. Harbor. I'm, I can't wait to hear from him. Do what Y'all we can. Have a great evening. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you. Going, Thank you. Thanks, Andy. You know, Mr. Harbor, <laughs> I was talking to him this afternoon because he called back just to, you know, apologize about last night and see if we can get things worked out tonight. He is a NASA aerospace engineer. I said, man, I said, your intelligence level, you know, dwarfs mine. And I said, did you like ever want to be an astronaut? And he started laughing. He said, astronaut. He says, I don't even like to fly. He says, my job is to make it safe for everybody. Uh, But I'm not interested in getting in a plane or in a 
rocket ship or anything like that. Obviously a very smart man. Let's go to another call before we get to the break, and we go to uh, Nick and Gaston. Nick, welcome into Sports Talk tonight. How are you? Great to have you with us. Wow. I'm just about to fall asleep, man. I think it was 45 minutes. <laughs> Sorry about that. But you know That's what? Some right. things are worth waiting for. Yeah, I'm just saying it kind of makes my point, though. If I'm a Clemson fan, which I am, would I sit here and wait just to tell you that you're wrong? Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're wrong. Okay. I'm not an engineer, but I think I'm smart enough to figure out that Dabo's happy making millions of dollars, and Clemson fans are going to be just fine. Everybody's got their feathers ruffled because the Gamecocks got lucky once out of seven, so... You know, it's been a rough year for us. We didn't win a national championship. I know we should all just quit. <laughs> but, you know. Well, now, do you believe that Gamecock win. win was just a one-off? I mean, you don't think the Gamecocks are building something, going to put a little string of string of W's together against Clemson? Uh, not against Clemson, no. Hmm. But I did like the fact that they're getting that old guy to come back, you know, the one from Georgia. He's been all around the East Coast, apparently. Because I think that's going to be great for the NIL. He'll get a deal with uh, Beamer can get Pampers, and he can get the pins, and they can have y'all covered from cradle to grave. <laughs> okay. Big old Gamecock logo. Yeah. All right. All right, buddy. Dabo's doing fine, man. We're happy with him. He's happy with us. You got it. You got it. Good take. Have a good night. Appreciate the phone call. Thank you for your patience. Yeah, I blame that on Pat. Let's go to um, – Another quick call. We go to. We appreciate you getting to the point there. That was excellent. So it's um, Anthony in Lexington. Anthony, welcome into Sports Talk tonight. How are you? Hey, Phil. I'm doing good. Thanks for my call. And uh, uh, I guess I'm coming right on the heels of the Clemson fan that just called about everything being fine in Tiger Town. I I thought you guys were spot on in your opening. I have not seen the press conference, but I'll be sure and look at it tonight with Dabo. Mm -hmm. Sort of chastising the fans. I think that's sort of a natural progression because people are just humans and they have frailties. So the fans have gotten spoiled. And, uh, you know, Dabo, I think is very sensitive to that. So he felt like he needed to talk about all of his great accomplishments, uh, which, as y'all pointed out, you're not going to win that battle. Uh, but I think that that Clemson's going to be very good for the foreseeable future. Uh, but they're beyond their glory days. I think this is there's some cracks up there in that program which are going to start showing. And I think the ascension of the Carolina program may have something to do with, with Dabo's reaction to his fans. I mean, Beamer is in a honeymoon stage, granted, but, you know, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of joy and a lot of freshness going on with Carolina's program. And I sense that Clemson's program's getting a little bit stale. And I think your your caller, your earlier Clemson fan caller, uh, is uh, uh, wrong about uh, that string of dudges because it's coming. And I think the Clemson people know it, and we're you know we're about to get on on top of our program. And I think Clemson's program's just getting stale. I mean, it's it just that's what that's what I feel mm -hmm. with the coach and with the program. And 
I would have never thought what y'all said about uh, Dabo's comments, but I think there's some possible truth in that about maybe he's signaling, look, if y'all don't like me, I got somewhere else I can go. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. But I, I just I don't see much joy in him or those fans. And, you know, conversely, there's a lot of joy with Carolina and our coach and our fans. So that's just kind of my observation. Well, thank you. Appreciate it very much. Uh, yeah, I mean, the previous caller, too, uh, you know, what he said about you know, Dabo making all that money at Clemson and being very happy, no question about it. But if he were to put himself – of course, he's got a contract there at at Clemson that would be very expensive to walk away from at this particular time. Though, depending on where he might go, maybe he wants to try the NFL. They'd be more than happy to pay him whatever it is he's making and to pay off any sort of buyout that he would have to have to pay. Now, I know if he wanted to go to Alabama whenever Saban retires, that's the humongous buyout that they have in that contract there. So that's probably out of the question for the time being, though we all know every contract and everything in a contract can be broken and agreed upon. And, um, you know, things can be worked out in court, et cetera, et cetera, but not suggesting that that's coming down the road, but I do agree somewhat with what the previous caller just said about, um, there's gotta be some, some angst in there. When you hear either he's feeling the angst or the fan base has angst toward those kind of comments because they feel like it's not deserved. Is he trying to rally the troops again? You know, he's done that many times. Of course, when he wants to rally the troops, it's usually the the whole Clemson world and the world is against us. In this case, he made it sound like it's the Clemson world is against me, you know, because he cited himself. He cited himself a few times in his comments, right? It wasn't so much about the team and all that. It was it was me, Dabo Sweeney. Um, so, I don't know. I just thought it was fascinating what he had to say last night on a day that's supposed to be celebrating the arrival of the new OC, the arrival of the new players, and he took extraordinary time out of his comments to go after his fan base. That's just a odd time to do something like that. And in defense of the Clemson program, and again, that, that program needs no defense, and certainly your resume, as I pulled it out for Dabo, needs no explaining, which is why I was somewhat surprised he took that angle. But, Phil, uh, to Anthony's point, there are probably 90, maybe 110 FBS programs that would like to be stagnant like Clemson's program, is, if that's the case, mm-hmm. would like to be that kind of stagnant. So it's it's not like they've fallen off the cliff. But it does, it does at least pique the interest as to why Dabo would go this route against a battle he'll never win. That would be the only one he'll never win against his own fan base. i got to hit the break here on Sports Talk, and we will continue in a moment, take more of your phone calls. In the second hour, we will have Mike Morgan. We'll catch up on more recruiting, go over more classes from in the state. Man, Anderson University signed 56 players in their class. And we went over Newberry's. Newberry signed a lot, and all of them were in-state touch on some others give you some other updated uh, recruiting news and of course hoping to have the harpers the harbors with us at around 7 40 we'll be back founders federal credit union knows your life is busy and your money is important we are proud to offer local personalized services and convenient online services like founders online and the founders app 
You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax. Win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Thank you. Thank you for world-traveling rocket scientists. For tires bigger than your grandma's house. For 3D printing research. For artists in residency. Thank you for all the things that take us to the next level. Thank you for playing the lottery. For funding scholarships. For funding grants. For funding innovation in this state. Thank you, the South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. George Bryan for Tsunami Bar Sports, our inventor, David Abernathy, has always said Tsunami Bar technology allows us to take the training to the grass. Now I know through my sport of golf that natural agility can be converted to athletic ability. And why is this, Tsunami Robbie? Transferring the training to the grass. This may be the most undervalued characteristic of the Tsunami Flexible Bar technology. The Tsunami Bar action loads and unloads at the concentric and eccentric transition points. This is what we call reversal forces. And the Tsunami Bar is the only bar and training device that I know of that can train these reversal forces adequately at speed. Hey, this is Phil Kornbluth. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device, whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. All right, jump back into the phones here before we hit the top of the hour break. 888-898-2525. Education lottery lucky number to sports talk. Since 2002, more than $829 million in lottery proceeds have been used to fund lottery tuition assistance for students attending technical colleges in South Carolina. Learn more about the South Carolina Education Lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. Playing for fun. That's a win for education okay we go back to your calls it's um we're back to gaston james in gaston james welcome to sports talk how are you how you doing phil always love the show yes sir uh, just great to have the you. show thank you um a couple things i'll try to be quick um we did lose to our rival the week before didn't we i'm a, I'm a clemson fan we did lose to our rival the week before um we showed up like we usually do in charlotte Huge crowd. Um, and did he say anything about anybody needing to show up up at Clemson? Um, I didn't hear anything. I think if he would have said something, people probably would have been there. Um, I think what the, the problem that Clemson's having is they're not recruiting on the level that they were uh, back in 14 and 15 
when they put together that front, which every if everybody understands, look at where Dexter Lawrence is now. Christian Wilkins. Um, I think Austin Bryant went in the, the third round up to a Detroit. And I can't remember the other guy's name that went to – is playing for Vegas and down in Vegas now for um, – I mean, they're just not – they're not recruiting up front on defense. Defense still wins titles, okay? We we saw up front with Notre Dame. We saw up front with South Carolina. And we saw up front with Tennessee. Um, we got to get better there. We got to get better. Do, do, you, think, a lot of do things. you think South Carolina's offensive line uh, handled Clemson's defensive line? I think they warmed down. I saw it on TV. I did. I do think they warmed down. Mm-hmm. And I think they were out physical, too. Hmm. Um, he's making a lot of money. Uh, he's had a lot. We, we, we love Dabo. There's no doubt. All Clemson people love Dabo. But it comes with the job, doesn't it? They're going to get on you about some things. You know, blow it to the side. Try to make things better. That's what you do every year. Bring your kids together. Okay? If you wanted people to come up here, mention it. Don Staley, in the very beginning here in Columbia, did the same thing. I've watched that program. She reached out to those fans. Now they got a pretty good amount of friends that show up to her games, and she's winning championships. But we got to get back on re- recruiting better, especially on offensive and defensive line. But what do you think about this year's class? At. What do you think about this year's class? What's your take? There's a portal out there. He won't use it. Time's changing, Phil, where you cannot sit here and just lean on kids and think, hey, they can, you know, sit here for two years or, you know, maybe we'll get them here in two or three years. Portal's out there. You've got to use it. Where's the wide receivers in the portal this year, uh, Phil? We didn't go and get none. We didn't to help us out a little bit. Yep. Where, where's the Where's the defensive line help? We got We got to hit the break. You make some great points. Appreciate the passion. Back after the top of the hour break. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. For those of you just joining us over the airwaves, we welcome you, welcome you into the program. You missed a terrific first hour. A lot of great phone calls, the debate about Dabo Sweeney and his comments about the Clemson fans and what that meant and how that sat with them and where it goes from here and how Sweeney's feeling about things. You missed that. You missed a great hour. You can go back and hear it later because everything is on a podcast uh, later tonight. You can get our podcasts at, of course, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, Google Podcasts and all those great podcast places. So you can check that out there. We've got recruiting coming up. Uh, planning to have the Harbors with us at around uh, 740 if all goes well tonight. And uh, so we got a lot to do. In this hour, Mike Morgan, in just a moment, while we wait for Mike to get uh, squared away, I'll tell you that the NCBWA, National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, announced today their All-American team and Charleston closer, William Prevett, is a first-teamer. He's on all the All-American teams, and 
In this case, he's on the first team. So that's uh, quite the accomplishment for him. Our poll question of the week, how many ACC games will Clemson end up winning by the end of the regular season? With the Tigers, they were 10-1 and when this was put together. Now they're 10-2. and We've got uh, 66% saying the Tigers will finish with 14 to 16 wins. Big game for them against Miami Saturday at home. 18.8% say they'll make 17-19 wins by the end of the season. And 15.2% say 11-13. to You can vote on our Twitter at Sports Talk SC on our website, sportstalksc.com. All right, here he comes from the backstage, fresh out of the shower, finishing up dinner, Mike Morgan. Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move, joining us here on Sports Talk, as he does on Thursday nights, to talk about things in the Morgan world, brought to you by Brent Skinner, who's not only become the leader in Columbia for the very best in men's clothing, clients nationally have come to know Brent as he has covered the entire country with his great clothing line, and he has you covered if you want to look the very best as well. Brent and his staff provide you professional and individual attention to create a wardrobe that distinctly identifies you. From custom suits and shirts to the very best in shoes and accessories, it's all under one roof. If you can't make it to the store in the Vista in Columbia, Brent will come to you. You can set up an appointment today, bpskinnerclothiers.com, bpskinnerclothiers.com. Dot com. Next time Mike's doing a game in Columbia, I'm going to go stand outside BP Skinner Clothiers because Mike won't come to see me, but I know he'll come see Brent Skinner when he's in town to get some fresh underwear, some fresh socks, maybe a handkerchief, maybe, uh, I don't know, what else, a tie. You wear ties? <laughs> Obviously, you you haven't been keeping up with much of what I do for the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they require ties. That's like uh, like Lou Brown in Major League. We we require we require shirts and sleeves at this level, son. <laughs> talking to uh, <laughs> talking to the wild thing. Yes, that's yeah. That they require uh, for mm-hmm. football and basketball anyway. They require uh, coat and tie. Yeah, I'm actually looking at your picture that we put on the stream when you're talking. You're in a tie. You have a very nice pocket uh, pocket handkerchief there with it. Pocket square. Pocket yeah, square. That's, a, that's the word I was looking well. for. Yeah, pocket square. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Okay. Thank you. On, Thank to, you. Uh, on to other things. Uh, let's catch up with uh, what's happened this week. So the SEC, a couple of things big in the last couple of days. I think you got to look at Kentucky now. A nice win for them on the road on Tuesday night. Uh, look what Alabama did in bouncing back and just swamping Vandy. And then last night, uh, Tennessee goes down at Florida by 13 so i mean we got a a bit of a a jumbled mess except for alabama's nine and oh everybody else is really tight but i think you know kentucky seems to be rounding into shape here a little bit as they smell the tournament down the road the sec tournament uh yeah i mean to me the best two teams are still alabama and tennessee uh i don't know if it's quite that close to be honest with you i think there's a gap after that with a&m and kentucky uh, I've got Auburn, Tennessee on Saturday on ESPN at two, and 
that's always a special game because it's Bruce Pearl back in Knoxville. It's a top 25 matchup. It's uh, two teams that are a lot of fun to watch, although Tennessee was not fun to watch last night in a loss to Florida. That's the one concern about the Vols. They're the number one defensive team in the country in almost every metric, metric imaginable. But if they don't get past the Sweet 16 this year, which they haven't done under Rick Barnes, uh, then all of a sudden there's going to be a lot of talk about, well, maybe we just need to start getting a little more offense and not just be the best defensive team. Alabama knows such problems. They're the number one scoring team. And, you know, I just had them the other night against Vanderbilt, and it was a complete smoke show. I mean, when they're on and they're hitting threes, I don't think anybody in the country beats them, which is why I still think they're probably the – the toughest out uh, in the in the tournament. You know, Kentucky and A&M would, would follow for me, and then after that, you've got Auburn, you've got, oh, I'm leaving out somebody. Uh, you got Arkansas. I mean, I know Arkansas got up to a wretched start, but there, there's still a lot of talent there, and I still think if they get in the tournament, no one's going to want to play them. What about those, A&M? Would be the top how, about, how about A&M? Yeah, no, I mentioned A&M. A&M yeah. and Kentucky. Yeah, okay. Uh, they're, on the, they're on that second tier for me. A&M is a team that's kind of devoid of NBA talent, but just really good college players, well-coached. And as you saw when they came to Columbia, I mean, they're just, they're a thorn in your side. Everything they do makes you uncomfortable from the way they defend, from the way they get after you, uh, from the way they play. Just everything about them is just an uncomfortable matchup for teams. So, yeah, I I think A&M, even though they had a brutal out-of-conference stretch, when you look at what they've done in league play, if, if they get in the tournament, they certainly have the ability to win some games. Yeah. A quick update on USC women trailing Kentucky midway through the first 12 to 11. Uh, poor shooting start. <laughs> uh, poor shooting start for the number one team, undefeated team, 27 in a row, Gamecocks. Uh-huh. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Mike. Uh, uh, 12 to 11. I expected the update when it was 4 to 2. Okay, Where update. was the update? I have You're an slipping. update. You're I have slipping. an update. I have okay. an update. It's 13-12 Gamecocks. Uh, okay, wait, yeah. wait. I just I think I'm told now they're uh, they just hit a free throw. It's 14-12. <laughs> we could do this for the next hour. We could. It'd be riveting riveting <laughs> It'd be radio. Riveting radio. Yes. Yeah. All right, so uh, I want to shift gears to the ACC for a moment. Uh, Pittsburgh goes into Chapel Hill, beats North Carolina last night. So they are nine and three, and Virginia's nine and two. They're still trying to hunt down Clemson ten and two. Now the Tigers have been dealing with some injuries, and they've got two of their guards back. Don't know when Galloway is going to get back from his thing. Um, you think you think Clemson's got enough in the tank? They've got Miami at home Saturday. They still have to go to Virginia later. They still have to go to North Carolina later. Uh, have they got enough in the tank to hang on there at the top of the league? I mean, there, there's. I, I think it's easy to forget. We are at, what, February 2nd. There's a lot of games still to be played, you know, nine or so before the conference tournament. And then if you're fortunate enough, that's going to be a three or four game swing. So a number of things can change. And I would just say this, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to happen to Clemson. They're a veteran team and, they're well coached, but inevitably a team that's off to a good start in every league in the country right now is going to hit a wall in February. You can set your clock to it. Sometimes it'll be multiple teams. And so when you ask that question, I'm not ducking or dodging it. I'm just telling you it's almost impossible to really say, because I don't think Clemson, you know, they don't just win on talent. They they win on 
chemistry, cohesion. You know, the, the, I mentioned they're well coached, but they don't just roll the ball out there with a bunch of McDonald's All Americans and beat people up. So, are they capable of losing the pole position? Absolutely. Are they capable of holding on? Absolutely. It, it's it's going to be up to them. It's going to be up to those other teams you mentioned near the top. Yeah, down at the bottom of the ACC. Uh, Notre Dame's two and nine in the league. Of course, they're losing their coach Mike Bray. Uh, Louisville one and ten, and Georgia Tech one and eleven. Now I know Louisville went through a coaching change, uh, brought back one of their own, went through an NCAA thing. But my goodness, three and nineteen, one and ten. I don't think anybody envisioned that. And then Georgia Tech. If my memory's right, didn't Georgia Tech win the ACC tournament last year? I think. Uh, I believe that is correct. Yeah, and, they make and, some kind of Josh, great run. Yeah. Well, they 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 made a run, and then they they quickly got uh, bounced from the uh, NCAA tournament. And I can't remember the last time they made a run in that tournament. I mean, Georgia Tech basketball. I can tell you, living here in Atlanta, hasn't moved the needle in about twenty years. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, they just they just keep going through coaches, and uh, it's a long long ways from Bobby Kremens. I, I don't know why they're not better. I mean, I've I've heard different theories. I'm I'm friends with a couple of guys who used to play there actually, and uh, it, it's just a it's just a different deal. And they'll tell you that they can't get some of the kids that get in other schools can't get into Georgia Tech because of the math requirements, et cetera, et cetera. I I don't know. I just know this: uh, they keep going through coaches, and maybe they go through Josh Pastner after this year, but the results seem to be the same. Yeah, I saw them play at Clemson. And I mean, the Tigers just just tore him apart. And his thing was, you know, we could could just make some three pointers, and we could just make some three pointers. Um, we could have won this game. You know, we could have been competitive, but they didn't make shots. They, his thing was, they had open shots. His guys just couldn't knock them down. I guess they just lost too much too much talent off of last year's team. Have you had a chance to take a look at amongst your travels? I know maybe not in person, but from afar on television. Have you had a chance to see Pat Kelsey's squad? with the College of Charleston. I know they got beat at home last week by Hofstra. Uh, tonight they're playing up at Drexel, and they're down early. But this was a team that they climbed as high as number 18 in the polls, and they'd won 20 in a row, which is hard to do anywhere. Uh, have you had a chance to get a look at them? I have not. I had them a couple of years ago, actually, in a, in a tournament in November, but I have not had them since. I, I certainly have respect for Coach Kelsey, I think, they, along with FAU, the, the Fighting Owls of uh, Florida Atlantic in the top 25, those are two of the better mid-major stories that maybe nobody saw coming this year. But, no, I, I have not been able to see them uh, much at all this year. Okay. So what are you looking at this weekend? What do you expect to see in the game you'll be calling? Like you said, it uh, should be a great matchup. What do you expect to see uh, you know, take place between them? Well, I haven't had Tennessee in a while, but I, I, they are – look – they're a potential number one seed right now. Lenardi's got them on the two line. If they if they win the game against Auburn against a top twenty five opponent, they could be right back on the one line, which would give the SEC two number one seeds. Uh, again, defensively, there's they are as good as it gets. They are a boa constrictor that just chokes the life out of you. Uh, you can't find easy shots. You can't find easy baskets. Their problem in the few games they've lost is that their offense at times will sputter. They don't have uh, just a a guy that you can say, okay, go get me buckets. You know, there's a South Carolina kid on that roster that they thought maybe would be that guy, but he's he's not that kind of player. I mean, he's a good player, but he's not 
the kind of guy that just say, oh, go get me 20 tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't ha- they don't really have that. But they've got good players. They've got good talent. And I, I've got a ton of respect for Rick Barnes. I, I still think they get a, a one or two seed, and they're actually going to do some damage this year in the tournament. I just think they're due. Uh, let me correct ourselves. I just led you down the path to wrongness. It was 21 that Georgia Tech won the ACC tournament, not 22. Two 22. years ago, yeah. Yeah, 22 was Virginia Tech. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, it, two years ago, and that was the same team that went to the tournament, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, lost in the first round. Uh, and then last year did not go to the tournament, I don't believe. So yeah. it's probably more Georgia Tech basketball knowledge than anybody really wants, but there we go. Well, the point is, no, I mean, we may have to take a look, right? Because they've got new football coach, uh, some new leadership there. Um, by and large, you'd have to say Pastor has not delivered on his reputation when he came from Memphis. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, he, it didn't go – you know, at Memphis – he followed the guy, right? He followed Calipari. Mm-hmm. And no matter what he did, it wasn't going to be enough. I think when he followed Brian Gregory at Georgia Tech, the feeling was he would uh, do better, better recruiter, better results. Uh, but, it again, it just hasn't happened. Mike, enjoy the weekend. We'll look forward to your call as always. And you're looking spiffy there in the, as I'm looking at this. Uh, I don't know how old this picture is, two or three years. But you still look good. So uh, you smell good. Trying, you look good. You. And uh, yes. get over there to Brent Skinner and let him uh, clean you up a little bit. And we'll talk to you next week. I I, I will do that. And I, there, I will do that. Uh, I will represent in, uh, in Thompson Bowling Arena in Knoxville on Saturday. All right. Sounds good. We'll be looking. All right. Thank you, Hoss. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move with us here on uh, Sports Talk. So uh, let me update things. All right, South Carolina has spurted 24-16 now over Kentucky, a 9-0 run. They've hit their last six. They're up to 53% shooting. And in the paint, outscoring the Wild Kittens 14-2. And uh, two for five from three, four for five from the line. And uh, leading the way for South Carolina right now would be Beal with seven. And Cook has got five, and Boston has four and two. And Saxton's got a couple of personal fouls in seven minutes, so she might be done for the half. Uh, Gamecocks up uh, 24-16, under a minute in the quarter. Charleston leading Drexel, 11-09 the half, 16-15. And that is it for uh, the games in our area that are ongoing uh, right now. So after the break, we'll come back and uh, start to give you a little recruiting information, catch up on some of the other signing classes around the states, and then about 740 or so, our hope, our plan is to talk to uh, Mr. Azuka Harper. I want to say Harper. Harbor, Azuka Harbor, and Nick Harbor headed to South Carolina. That'll be coming up in a moment. Don't go away. Show 
show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Life. It has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Okay, we give you the recruiting reports. Going to run a little bit tonight. Got a lot to share, a lot of catching up to do, so let's do that. Brought to you by our good friends over at Seawells for the very best in the catering business. The Seawells family and staff can handle all of your planning and catering needs at their facility at 1125 Rosewood Drive, or they'll come to your venue. For more information, visit their website, seawellscateringsc.com. And their phone number, 803-771-7385. Daily luncheon buffet as well. Tomorrow, last day of the week. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is oh, it? it is. A little is RBF. It? Roast oh, yeah. Beef Friday at yeah. Seawells. They'll yeah. be bringing you carved roasted sirloin of beef along with southern fried chicken and grilled sausage with peppers and onions. And then, of course, don't forget all the local sides and fixings you can handle, salad bar and dessert. Yeah, yeah. I suggest everybody just go to Seawells tomorrow. Forget whatever you're doing. Take the day off. Go to Seawells. Eat for about two hours. Go home. Take a nap. That's my plan. I'm going to try and go between commitment announcements. We got one at 12. We got one at 3. So that'll time out perfectly. Okay? The uh, commitment announcements tomorrow, once again, Greenville receiver, uh, Mazio Bennett, who's a big Gamecock target, going to make his commitment announcement at noon. And then Clemson quarterback target Walker White out of Little Rock, Arkansas, set to announce his commitment at 3 o'clock. Clemson, Baylor, Auburn, the finalist for him. And going back to uh, Bennett, uh, you know, at one point he was committed to Tennessee way back, uh, decommitted from Tennessee in South Carolina, made a pretty strong move on him after that. And uh, they have been uh, pretty much in the forefront. Uh, his last short list was South Carolina, Oregon, Florida State, Georgia, Tennessee, Miami, North Carolina, and Alabama. So we shall see what we shall see there. In the meantime, updating some other stuff, linebacker Sammy Brown, 6'2", of Jefferson, Georgia, is a top athlete in the Peach State, one of the top athletes because he's a standout in football as a linebacker and a running back. He's also one of the top 100-meter sprinters in Georgia. Been a frequent visitor to Clemson, was there for the junior day last weekend, and he was already very familiar with what Clemson had to offer, and the visit was a good opportunity to get a refresher on that. So he called up with the Clemson coaches and heard from them 
and talked to Wes Goodwin, D.C., and linebacker's coach. So he got all caught up on the Clemson stuff on that visit. Of course, he's a national recruit, and he's got uh, Florida State, his most recent offer. That came in on Tuesday, but South Carolina's offered Florida, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Southern Cal, Notre Dame, Colorado, just to name a few of his uh, major offers. He's not yet cut down his list, but no doubt Clemson will be there. He's more involved with Clemson than he is South Carolina at this point. He said he really likes Clemson, thinks they have one of the best cultures in college football, done a great job the past couple of years. Uh, Coach Sweeney's vision for the program and what he's done with it over the past uh, couple of years has been really great. Now he's moving into the track season, so no other visits are planned for the near future. Last season, he had 113 tackles, five tackles for loss, four pass breakups, and a sack. And he rushed for 1,459 yards, 21 touchdowns, and he caught 12 passes, 246 yards, and three touchdowns. As we mentioned earlier, South Carolina kind of snuck this by everybody yesterday, but they added receiver defensive back D'Angelo Gibbs, 6'1", 200, to their program. He's a former Georgia, former Tennessee player. Highly touted prospect out of Loganville, Georgia in 2017. He signed with Georgia as a safety over offers from USC, Clemson, Alabama, Auburn, Baylor, Tennessee, Kentucky, Miami, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma. Wisconsin, and several others. He lasted two seasons in Athens with little playing time, and he packed up for Tennessee for the 2019 season where he was listed as a receiver. He never played for the Vols. He set out the 2019 season due to the transfer rules, set out the 2020 season to concentrate on his academics, and did not see the field in the 2021 season. He entered the transfer portal in May of 2022 and at some point enrolled at USC. For his career, Gibbs has played in five games and recorded 10 tackles and no receptions. USC has not said which position they plan to play him at. The Gamecocks now count 33 newcomers for 2023, and 10 of the 33 are transfers from other programs, junior college and four-year programs. Now, I'm including... Gibbs here, he is a, I guess, a preferred walk-on. There are other preferred walk-ons I'm not including in that 33 number. So when I put this together, I included him in that 33. He might be a PWO, but, I mean, he's a high-profile PWO. So you got to kind of give him his due about that. Aiken wide receiver Braylon Staley was offered by Northwestern. I mean, he's just swimming in major offers now. Uh, from last night, Dutch Fork product wide receiver Devin Hyatt he signed with Arizona. Remember, his brother Jalen played at Tennessee. He went to IMG Academy. And at one point, he named a top four, and Arizona was not on it. But um, none of his top four, you know, is where he ended up. He ended up signing with Arizona. Uh, we'll give you more in recruiting after the break. We're going to hit up some more of the in-state classes that we didn't get to last night. Try to touch on as many of those names as possible. And then... Around 740, we're hoping to have the Harbors on with us from up in D.C. Back in a moment.
right, let's continue recapping some things on the day after National Signing Day. What is it that you get the day after National Signing Day? PSDS, Post Signing Day Syndrome, where you just you can't function. It wasn't too bad today. Not like it was December after that signing day where you go nonstop for about eight hours as things are happening all over the place. Yesterday was relatively calm. Still, just the end of the whole recruiting season brings you a little bit of post-signing day distress. Phil, I'll tell you, though, if I may, real fast. Mm -hmm. Now that we have the two different signing days, it wasn't that long ago. I loved it. It was almost kind of like the NFL draft. You could follow your team and see ESPN or national coverage all day long, and you'd see all these young men uh, announcing their commitments on television. It, it, it used to be quite the spectacle, quite the event. Now it's relatively unnoticed. The one in February. The one sure, sure. in, yeah, in December is the one that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Furman didn't get to their signees yesterday. Furman signed cornerback Heisen Dalton, Buford, Georgia, Fork Union Military, Wide receiver Jakeith Hamilton out of Shelby, North Carolina. Defensive lineman Mark Hernandez, 310 pounds from Hearst, Texas, but he went to Army West Point Prep School. Jalen Moson, a cornerback out of Ackworth, Georgia. Joshua Stone King, defensive lineman out of Raleigh, North Carolina. So those are the newest additions for Furman. Okay. Let's go to um, the Citadel. Chris Benton, defensive lineman, Haines City, Florida. To Marcus Elam, defensive back out of Evans, Georgia. Tyler Higgins-Hill, offensive lineman out of Raleigh. Jeremiah Holmes, defensive lineman out of Durham. Cooper Johns, running back from River Bluff. Raven Johnson, defensive lineman from Loganville, Georgia. Bradley Jones, defensive back from Emerald. Mike Lingy, offensive lineman, Rabin Gap, Georgia. Logan Locklear, offensive lineman from Cardinal Newman, 6'5", 270. Nick McGill, defensive back from Fort Dorchester. Darwin Murillo, offensive lineman from Garland, Texas, 6'4", 280. Amond Myers, defensive back out of King Street. Devonye Pettis, defensive lineman from Shelby. Ryder Popple, Ryder Popple, running back from uh, Tallahassee. Justin Priester, defensive back from Orlando. Miles Robinson, offensive lineman, 285. Tyrone, Georgia. Nico Rodriguez Pena, offensive lineman, Bradenton, Florida, 285. Mikey Rosa, Linebacker from Wando High School. Caden Swartzel. Tight end, Floyd, Virginia. Cooper Tankersley. Quarterback from Wade Hampton. He was quite good, as I recall. Anthony Thurman, tight end from Blythewood. Okay, there you go with the guys, the Citadel sign. And then let's give you the Wofford signees from yesterday. Defensive lineman, O'Marion Brown. Woodbury, Georgia. Defensive back Eli Campbell from Samford, Florida. Long snapper Tommy Delegro, Bishop England. Offensive lineman Kyrie Mapson from 
Douglasville, Georgia. Quarterback Amari Odom. Quarterback Amari Odom, Englewood, California. Wide receiver Tyler Parker, Tifton, Georgia. Linebacker Jalen Rambert out of Powdersville. Running back J.T. Smith, Jr. from Charlotte. Linebacker Javario Tinch from Abbeville. And defensive back Tyson Wilkerson. And he's out of Homewood, Illinois. Okay. So I tell you what. We're going to hit our break here, and then just got a note here from Mr. Harper. He's standing by, still waiting on Nick to get home. So we'll dial him up and talk with him for a few minutes, and then hopefully Nick will join us. Uh, A heads up that Mr. Harper does have an accent, and uh, it's kind of a heavy accent. So listen closely, and we'll do the best we can to understand what he's saying. Uh, USC women up on Kentucky, 37-29, 4.38 to go. In the half, we'll be back in a moment. Major Downer here from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Boating season is just around the corner. To make sure that your boat is ready, check your registration sticker and ensure it's current. Find your registration card, make sure your life jackets are in good shape, and check your fire extinguisher as well. For more information on boating or boat titling questions, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash boating. All right, folks, let's get started. Parents, thanks for coming. As many of you know, I'm Coach Mather. Tonight I want to talk about the season, of which I only have one expectation, that everybody gets stronger. When I say get stronger, I'm not referring solely to physical strength. Sure, we'll be in the weight room, we'll be running stairs, but we're also going to focus on developing mental toughness and grit, because those are the characteristics that allow us to achieve greatness both on and off the court. So how do we develop those things? By getting comfortable with a challenge, by cultivating the confidence necessary to overcome adversity in all forms. That's why I coach. That's my purpose. Every member of this team can lean on me, and I'll teach them how they can lean on themselves and each other. This message presented by the SCHSL and the South Carolina Athletic Administrators Association. Quick update on the ATT Pebble Beach Pro-Am where Hank Liboda is your leader at 8-under after a 63 today. Kurt Kitayama, Chad Ramey, Harry Hall are all at 7-under. Ben Martin's at 5. Lucas Glover's at 4. Matthew Neesmith and Carson Young and Andrew Novak are at 3-under. Jordan Spieth is minus 1. Wesley Bryan, even par 72. Jonathan Bird a plus one. Scott Brown is plus one. Kyle Stanley is plus two. Bill Haas is two over. Doc Redman is two over. William McGirt plus four. Kevin Kisner plus four. And Tommy Ganey is plus eight. Played Pebble Beach today and shot eight over par 80 for two gloves. Okay, 
The, of course, big news around here in recruiting yesterday, South Carolina signing of uh, Nicholas Harbor, tight end, wide receiver, defensive end out of Washington, D.C. Those of you who are watching us on our stream, once again, we'll play the highlights from Nicholas Harbor on the track and on the football field. He's not hard to notice because he's so much bigger than everybody else. We hope to talk to him in just a couple of minutes. But right now, we welcome in his dad to a sports talk, Mr. Azuka Harbor. And Mr. Harbor, good evening. It's great to have you with us. How are you, sir? Good evening. That's fine. Thank you. How are things around the Harbor household the day after? <laughs> it's kind of calm today. <laughs> we are resting today. It's been a very, uh, uh, very hard week. But I had two weeks. As a matter of fact, Nicholas cannot go to sleep for the past week. Every night he's still up to 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning before he goes to sleep. I, I, I noticed that the child has a lot in his mind to think about, so I just give him his space. Well, I know this was kind of new to you, your family. I mean, all this attention, all this crush and rush from the recruiters and everything. Um what was the from your standpoint? What was the best part of the recruiting process, and and what was the worst part of the recruiting process? The best process is to be able to meet all these great coaches, uh, meet the president of this university of the, all these universities. I think that's the best thing. And hook, and Nicholas hooking up with some friends that he never met before, and they become friends. I think that's one of the best things that I've noticed. You know, going through this uh, section. And the worst part? The worst part. <laughs> and when you say, uh, I can, I say, good trouble is good. It's a good thing. Mm. You know, people calling you, try to find out about the child and stuff like that because they're interested in knowing who he is or what is his program is, what is he doing today, what he's not doing today. Can you talk? Can you not talk? call at odd hours. I just think it was a good trouble. And I, it was interesting. I, you know, I might have some uh, objection about the time they're calling. But it was a good thing, though. Yeah. So take us back to yesterday. I talked to you about 12.15 or so. Announcement was coming around 1, and he was off uh, meeting with the mom. And at that point, uh you were kind of like waiting for them to come back and I guess, you know, puff of white smoke, who's it going to be? Um, when did you actually uh, find out it was going to be South Carolina? And, and if you can, kind of share with us what went down there in the last 45 minutes before that announcement. Before that announcement, um, I am on yesterday morning, we've already made it. Uh, he already uh, made it. Uh, <laughs> His decision on where he wants to go. Uh -huh. He made a decision on around maybe 11:30 or 11:30 p.m. on Thursday night. Or is that no? On uh, yes, is it Thursday or whenever it is? Yeah. You know, I'm kind of confused though. Uh, he made a decision, but then in the morning hours of yesterday, I have to uh, go back to work to do something there. And when I came back from work, come back to get ready to head down to this, uh, the, the uh, school, my son was outside 
with his shorts. No slippers, no nothing. And it was cold. I'm like, Papi, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, Dad, I got to talk to you about something. <laughs> Uh-oh. I said, okay, let's go inside. Oh, my goodness, what, what's going on? You know, I was sitting down. My son, as big as he is, he needed him beside me. He started crying. And when he started crying, I said, no, we're not going to have this, okay? What is the problem? What happened? <laughs> what went down? I was kind of scared. I said, yeah, yeah you're going to save me from this? I said, okay, what's, what's the problem? I can do it. I said, you can do it. Uh, my mind is saccharine. Uh, I said, saccharine, is that what you want? Is that the, the trouble? I said, okay, son, let's go. It's okay. South Carolina is a home boss. We've been to South Carolina. We have a lot of friends here. The coaches and everything. <laughs> Beamer with Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer. Boomer became, Boomer. Boomer became quite oh, the topic Boomer. of conversation. <laughs> I'm telling you, Boomer said, oh, my God, I don't know what, I don't know what Boomer did to uh, Nicholas' mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's Boomer. <laughs> you know, that conversation with us, I said, okay, if that's all the problem is, it's okay. Happy, we can go. Let's go. It's, 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 I said, look, let me tell you. I don't want to, like I told you, I don't want to tell you where you want to have to go to school. Anywhere you decide you want to go to school, we're going to support you 110%. That's what happened. And that's how we get to that point. But I know there is something about South Carolina that cut its attention. The game, uh, I think it was Georgia against South Carolina. We were, there on, we were there on that day. That is where the whole thing started. Be, Coach Beamer, I think there's something he did before then with the kids, bringing out the kids together. Having a, we, we, we were in, in the stadium having lunch. All the whole kids that came to visit, they just mingle with each other. And there was some friendship that developed on that field on that day. And I think that's the whole thing about the recruitment. That Coach Bimmer don't even know. I, maybe he knows what he did, but I think he, that was a smart move he made. Because I, at a point, I was listening to these kids. They're talking about, oh, no, you know what? You know what you should have done? You have to go, you come this side, and you come this side, and I will come to the middle. We're going to hit the quarterback. <laughs> huh? They're designing plays. Sitting down outside, they're designing plays already. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just listening. I didn't say nothing to uh, three of them. They were just talking. And I think that friendship never died. That friendship continues up to the, every, they call each other every time, every moment. They're calling each other. What's going on? What's not going on? I think that's where the whole thing boils down to. So, just to be clear, so yesterday, Wednesday, signing day. So Tuesday night, yes, yes was sir. he headed Tuesday somewhere night. else? In in your in your mind, in your information from what he has said Tuesday night, was he thinking of going somewhere other than South Carolina? And then Wednesday morning, it flipped to South Carolina. Yeah, on, uh, yes, on Wednesday, on uh, Tuesday night, it was a difficult situation. A lot of things was in his mind. And I think because of that, he changed his mind. 
all of a sudden, you change his mind. He said, Daddy, I made up my mind. I said, okay, if you make up your mind, that's where we go. Then I see him coming in my room, going back to uh, his room. He was just coming and going until about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Papi, what's going on? He's like, Dad, um, I just can't. I said, okay, okay, Dad, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to sleep. And I think he finally fell asleep. When he fell asleep, I left around 5 to go to work. So I came back probably around uh, 9 o'clock. And um, I saw that's when I know something is really bothering him. And this is not a joke. When I've never seen him cry like that. You know, I've not seen him cry to me like that. And that was something that caught my attention. I said, And I said to him, I said, wherever you want to go to school, I am here. Your mom is here to support you. 110%. Everybody will support you. He said, are you sure? I said, I said, Papi, I am 110% sure. We're gonna, I'm going to support you. I'm, I'll be here anyway. I'll be there. That's all it is. But he had somewhere initially, somewhere, somehow, his attention was that I, uh, attracted to somewhere else. You know, I think when he, maybe a few hours he got some sleep. Maybe he drank about, uh, back, go back to South Carolina. And that was South Carolina. Where, where was he going to go before he made that flip? What was his initial decision? Well, in, and in the decision was to go to, uh, uh, to, go to uh, um, Oregon. Oregon was his uh, decision, you know, initially. Mm-hmm. But uh, I knew the way he was talking about Oregon it wasn't for sure. I can tell. Mm-hmm. I know my child. He wasn't sure where he was. He wasn't sure about that decision. Maybe for one reason or the other. He's going there. But that's not where his mind is. His mind has always been going to meet his friends in South Carolina. That is the whole thing there. That's where his mind is. He never... He doesn't want to go nowhere else. That was where his mind was. But, you know, we have to, I have to make sure that I expose everything to him to see what things may be, oh, you didn't come to see this. You should have, no, I don't want you to do that. You came there, you observe everything. I don't want you to have a regret. And that's something I, I don't, I can, I cannot live with. Sure. You know, did you know, uh, Coach Beamer said in his press conference yesterday that he got a voice mm-hmm. message from Nick. It was about uh, three o'clock in the morning. It woke him up. It woke him up. Mm-hmm. He listened to it, and it. He said, "You know, it was not good." So I'm assuming that Nick must have must have sent a message to Coach Beamer saying, "At that time, I think I'm going to Oregon." That must have been mm-hmm. the message that he got at that time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know because, I, like I said, the child would not go to sleep. He was up all night. He would come to my room. I'm like, okay, what's the problem? The, uh, okay, what do you want? You want mommy to come? 
and he was like, okay, okay, no. Then I'm okay. I'm going back to sleep. Hmm. Then he'll still come. He'll come again. I said, okay, uh, maybe you need your mommy to sleep with you in your room so you can calm down. He said, uh, he said no. He wants to sleep in his room. I said, okay, bro. Go, okay, why don't you go back, go to sleep? And he, around four o'clock, he finally go to his room. I didn't. And when I went back there, he was deep asleep. And I, I, I left. I went back to my to bed. I have only one hour sleep hmm. before it's time for me to roll out to go to uh, to go to work. And that's I know there was something heavy in his mind. Yes, that's the true story. That's an unbelievable story. It's a great story. I mean, from a South Carolina standpoint, uh, you know, Gamecock coaches and fans are ecstatic that this thing turned out this way. We got about uh, two and a half minutes. So, how do you feel? The expectations will be extremely high, of course, for Nick. But this is a young man that's been on the world stage in track. So, that's probably nothing new. I know you're his dad and, and you're a humble gentleman. I can tell that too. But, I mean, how do you think he'll handle coming to South Carolina, being on his own, uh, and dealing with these expectations? Uh, I think, uh, uh, well, all I'm going to ask uh, um, the Gamecock uh, community to do is just to take it easy on him, give him a chance, you know, because I know he will he'll prove himself. You know, that's all I'm going to ask for. I don't I have no uh, problem. I know he will deliver. Definitely. He will deliver. But, you know, like he says, he's 17 years old. He's still a child. And I'm asking everybody to just give him a chance, you know, to get to the system, understand the system, and I think he will do well. That's what I'm, that's what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm asking for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we thank you for joining us. I was uh, telling everybody earlier on the show that uh, you are an aerospace engineer for NASA. So I said, you know, you're way above my pay grade when it comes to brains. So, <laughs> no, that's not true. And, and you're second only to Pele internationally when it comes to soccer, right? <laughs> oh, my God. That's, you, get, that's, you give me too much. You give me too much. I'm just a, I'm just a good player, that's all. Uh, good just, player, just, right, right. Good soccer player, that's it. How many goals did you score in your career? Oh, my God. I wish uh, in Nigeria they keep statistics. <laughs> if, they keep, if, if they keep statistics in Nigeria, oh, my God. Mm. When, I, when I was in college, I hope NC2A keeps statistics. I never ask. I don't ask. It's not important. Uh, uh, American Professional League. I hope they have statistics. <laughs> probably, probably, I might be the highest goal scorer in the nation. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what it is. That's, that's great. Yeah, I'm, that's, a, that's a true story. That yeah. is great. Well, look, I, I'm sorry we missed Nick, but that was, you know what? It was better talking to you. So, thank you so much uh, for uh, shedding some light on everything that was going on and. I know South Carolina is excited to have Nick. Looking forward to having him in the program. Look forward to covering his career at South Carolina. And we thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I appreciate this call. Thank you so very much. Thank you. For having me on your television. Thank you very much. Thank yes, you. sir. Thank you. Mr. Azuka Harbor from uh, D.C. And uh, some great stuff that he shared with us there. Uh, 
and appreciate him being with us tonight. And uh, you can tell that he is a proud, proud uh, father, but a, a humble gentleman as well. And um, I tell you, it's tough. It's tough on the families. It's tough on the kids. And you got to make that, that tough decision. And, you know, we might all think the NIL part of this stuff just makes it easier. I think it makes it harder, right? Whatever was talked about, thrown at him from whatever angles, I don't think that makes it any easier whatsoever. That'll do it. Thanks for being with us. If you missed anything, it'll be up on our website and on our podcast later on. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.